Welcome to Pencil Leadership. I'm Chris Anderson, success and lifestyle entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help you realize your full potential so you can leave a positive mark on the world. So if you're ready, take out your pencils and let's begin. And if you want to make a difference in the lives of others, share this episode, go over to Apple Podcasts and follow us there to leave a positive rating and review. And together we can leave a bigger positive mark on the world. All right, welcome back to another recording of Pencil Leadership. I'm Chris Anderson, your host for today on this journey to learn about how to execute better, have better productivity, and just overall uh, better success, really, when we can have better execution in our lives. And, and I'm bringing on someone whose expertise is just at helping brands execute better. And so we have Lucas Rue on the show today, and Lucas is a speaker mentor, and I love this part, a Jedi master for process execution. So I'm going to let Lucas share a little bit about himself here in a second, but first, Lucas, welcome to Pencil Leadership today. Ah, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here, Chris. Absolutely. Looking forward to diving in this topic with you and learning from you. Uh, But first, yeah, share with everybody a little bit about yourself, man. Wall Street for 17 years. Uh, It was a grinder. It was, in fact, the grinder that everybody wonders if it's going to be. Um, One of the cool things about going through a grinder like that is that you either learn how to be incredibly efficient um, or you get chewed up and spat out. And I I suppose I did both because I was only there for 17 years. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I also learned how to be incredibly efficient. And it's turned into something that I really enjoy talking to audiences about and helping them understand like what are the things that are impacting your productivity and how to sort of level up. Um, Six years ago, I started my consulting company. I landed my largest, uh, longest standing client also first, which is never how things work out. Um, I I couldn't have planned it better. Um, The Pokemon company, and I've been with them for six and a half years. Um, I also have 13 other clients that range from two to $50 million in, in annual revenue to, of course, you know, just getting to the point where they start to, you know, really understand their place in the marketplace and build out their leadership team and, and start to make fine tuned changes, which is when you might want to have a consultant come aboard. Um, and, uh, and I also am an enormous guzzler of coffee. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm definitely going to be getting another glass. Uh, so this is my batch record day for podcasts if those listening don't know i do that but yeah so i'll begin some more do you have a favorite roast or anything that you go to or you kind of my best friend has all sorts he's always posting different ones that he's getting into so i didn't know if you had a specific one right now i am a hardcore bulletproof fan okay Um, i Mm -hmm. I am sensitive to mold so the the people that try to remove mold from their process are people that win my business yeah um and i like his medium roast or his colombian roast which is more or less the same thing Okay. Yeah. I like, I used to never drink coffee and then even through college and then after college, I, I got into coffee a little bit cause I saw, cause I was doing all, I actually, Dave Asprey, I was looking into the biohacking and, and you know, how caffeine's actually good for you in, in correct quantities and all that X, you know, so I was getting into it. I'm like, okay, if it's good for me, I'm, I hate the taste. I don't like green tea. So both I started implementing just to improve that in certain quantities don't try not not to overdo it but uh yeah so i started drinking a little bit of coffee now i just enjoy it and um so that that's cool yeah i like the the bulletproof i have a bag in there i think it's the medium roast i believe so nice yeah but cool well that that's awesome and it's neat to see just you know what you're doing through 
helping brands execute better. What's it like to work with, and you might not be able to tell me much, but working with Pokemon, like what's that? Like I could just imagine that has to be like just fun to work with a company like that. I don't know. It, it, is, it is a lot yeah. of fun. I, I actually can tell you a lot. Okay. <laughs> I, I can't tell you what they're doing. And that's the question right. everybody tries to ask. I can't do right. that. Okay. But I can tell you what it's like to work with them. They're amazing. Um, yeah, that'd they, be cool. they haven't published their mission as to make kids smile, but it really is. Their mm -hmm. mission is to make kids smile. And, and I just can't imagine anybody being a more satisfying client than someone whose mission in life is to make kids smile. For sure. That's they're neat. Amazing. So and there, you said they're the, your longest uh, client that you've had or whatever you didn't expect. How did that happen? I'm just curious. How did you make that introduction or get in the door, quote unquote, to, to land that? Yep. Um, it, the fact that they were my first client was pure luck. Yeah. Um, okay. Looking at the story, it seems like it was potentially inevitable that I'd at least get in the door, not necessarily get hired, but at least get uh -huh. in the door given the circumstances. Um, okay. I was, I was hanging up my consulting shingle, you know, the thing yeah. you do. Yeah. And I, I became a dials for dollars expert, like a master of dials for dollars. Like the world huh. revolved around dials for dollars. And, yeah. and I'm saying that so that your audience understands, like you put in the friggin' work and that's what you do. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what I did. I, I thought that I could do a hundred calls a day. I, it turns out that I couldn't, but right. I thought that I could and I tried. Yeah. Um, and it took a couple of months and, um, I got a lot of leads, a lot of leads to chase uh -huh. down. Um, try to hit a, trust me, try to hit a hundred calls a day, call everybody, you know, call everybody they know, try to hit a yeah. hundred calls a day. It, you will get leads. Yeah. Um, and eventually, uh, I, I finally made this call to a, a director there who, who actually was a friend of mine. You know, we'd gotten to know each other at conferences and stuff. Uh -huh. He, he he wasn't like a close friend. He wasn't family. So it took a little while to get down that far on my Rolodex, but I finally got to him and he was like, Oh yeah. Um, we're actually looking to hire a business strategist. Why don't you come pitch us? Nice. Like truly. I was That's like, awesome. wait, what? Did, 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 really? <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. And it kind of just, yeah. And you must've done it well, right? Is it? And it, it was a good off? pitch. Yep. That's awesome. So that's, that's, that's neat. I always like those sort of how, like how, you know, we have a handful of clients and, you know, a lot of them are from referrals and things like that. And so you tell it, you know, just providing really good value for the one you have and let that kind of spread. And I'm sure that's kind of been the same through, through yours as well. So, yep. um, so I'm excited to dive into this just about how to execute better, how to be better product or have better productivity. I know one of your main courses or, or your, your, the main course is the work from home course, right? Helping people do that and have high product productivity, right? So, um, where do we, where do we start, uh, with getting better at executing and having more, uh, better productivity? Mm. Um, so it, it all eventually comes down to being intentional and mindful. Okay. And I, I try not to use those words because, God, they're overused. Right. <laughs> Everybody says that about everything, but it, it actually is true. It, it comes down to being intentional and mindful. Mm -hmm. So here's my approach as an engineer. And again, you're going to see the correlation. Like it, it is intentional mindfulness. Look at your entire day. 16, 18 hours long. And look at that as a chunk that you get to divide up into pieces, however you want to divide up. Okay. Now, um, 
how long do we realistically have good planning? And again, you can you can look this up in the internet. You know, like there are right. articles about this. Realistically, we have good planning for about two hours in our minds, and we can hold that into our head. Yeah. Realistically, we're able to focus for about thirty minutes. So um, you've got two hours capacity to plan. You've got about thirty minutes capacity to execute. Um, if if you know that, accept that, and start to try to actually work with it, then you see that your sixteen or eighteen hour day breaks up into two hour chunks. Cool, got it. Yeah. So then let's look at what those two hour chunks look like. Well, the first two hour chunk is getting the day started. However, you happen to do that. Um, the second two hour chunk is probably the beginning of your workday for most people. For me, it is. And the question you have to ask yourself is, what am I good at during that two hour chunk? Am I right. good at being productive? Am I good at being creative? Am I good at doing deep strategy work? Am I good at finishing things that were started yesterday? If I'm not good at those things, well, maybe I'm good at doing admin tasks. Everybody does admin tasks. You can't walk <laughs> from it just accepted it, it's part of life <laughs> right and you see you see the the parallel between this yeah. engineer's approach and being mindful this is all it all it is is just being mindful but you can look at it from an engineering perspective and break mm -hmm. your day up into chunks yep. and be intentional about how those chunks are used yeah i think that's time blocking you know something i incorporate was a time block kind of what you're talking about is is breaking up your day and and then i'm sure you've heard of the the pomodoro method i uh, love the, the pomodoro method. yeah and for those dive into that for people who might not know what it is i'll let you kind of explain on that the the time blocking which you've already mentioned and then the pomodoro method mm -hmm. so um the pomodoro method is actually the the tool that you can use that hits the like the 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 lowest common denominator for a capacity to focus so when i say you can focus for 30 minutes that's actually not true it's 33 minutes plus or minus seven right there's a range in all of humanity yeah so because it's 33 minutes plus or minus seven we have to assume minus that seven that the that every single person actually can only focus for 26 minutes 26 is a hard number to remember I go with 30. Yeah. The Pomodoro method goes with that 26. In fact, they go with 25. And so what they do is they say, set a timer for 20 minutes, do 20 minutes of hard, serious work, 100% deep focus. When the timer goes off, no matter what you are doing, put down your pencil, treat it like a final exam in college, put down your pencil, <laughs> take a five minute break, go to the bathroom, get water, wash, rinse, repeat. Yep. You do that four times in a row. So there's four 25 minute chunks, 20 minutes of work, five minutes of rest. At the end of those four cycles, you've done an hour and 40 minutes. Now you take a 20 minute break, a full 20 minute break. It's it becomes a nice, beautiful two hour chunk, just like I do my day in two hour yep. chunks. The Pomodoro method is about those two hour chunks. Yeah, I love it. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. It is. I it's really a neat thing. I. I, I'm a, I want to dive into those problems with it. My problem with it is I have trouble stopping. Like I get in the zone and I just keep going. And then like when that timer will go off to take a break, like sometimes I'm like, oh, but I have this, I have an hour. Like I could just stay and continue to work. And so like I fight that sometimes. Uh, but what, mm -hmm. I, yeah, I want to dive into what problems you have with, with that method as well. Well, 
So the way focus works, it's kind of mm -hmm. like decision fatigue. It's, it's a different version yeah. of fatigue, but it's kind of like decision fatigue. You wake up mm -hmm. in the morning, you have 50 decisions. I, this is not the actual number, but just for right. example, you have 50 <laughs> yeah. decisions that you can make. And those decisions can be complex. And once you've made those 50 decisions by the end of the day, or by the end of those 50 complex decisions, you're done. You can't make another complex decision for the rest of the day. All of your decisions after that point are going to be simple. Well, focus works in a similar way. Again, 33 minutes plus or minus seven. Do some self-experimentation, figure out where you fall on that. Once you go past that 33 minutes, it's not like your focus turns off. You don't fall off a cliff. You just start going down a little bit of a hill and it goes it goes a little bit shallow at first and it gets steeper as it goes further out. We all have experienced this. Mm -hmm. There is a cost. There's an actual cost. I call it focus debt. There's an actual cost that you incur for going past that threshold, that 33 minutes plus or minus seven. And and you can either pay it instantly. And that's sort of what the Pomodoro method is about. You take that five minute break and you're paying that cost instantly. But if you don't pay it instantly, you carry that debt until at some point in the future, you can pay it and it and it increases. It's it's actually geometric growth. So um, hmm. if you do 30 minutes, there's no cost. Plus or minus seven. If you do an hour, the cost I, I have an estimate, me personally, I have an estimate that it's about a five minute productivity debt okay. at, a, at an hour. If you do an hour and a half, it's now a 15 minute productivity debt. Okay. Right? Yeah. If you do two hours, it's now a 45 minute productivity debt. The cost is escalating quite quickly. Yeah. My problem with the Pomodoro method is this, that cost might be acceptable. Mm -hmm. It might be acceptable. It might be okay to have a 45 minute productivity debt at the end of two hours of really awesome crushed work. Yeah. You have to pay it. You will yeah. pay it somehow. You have to pay it. Your body does not allow you to carry debt <laughs> for years. <laughs> yeah. So does it was like just sleep a way to, to pay that debt or is it like I'm done working extra sleep, extra sleep. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. It could be vegging out on the couch with a beer, drooling with the TV <laughs> on, doing absolutely nothing for 45 uh -huh. minutes. Okay. That cost might be acceptable. And that my problem with the way that Pomodoro Method exists in the world is that people don't consider the fact that it might be acceptable to pay that cost. Mm. Okay. That makes sense. And, you know, it's kind of like when I do have those longer blocks of work, you know, I work for two hours straight or whatever it might be, depending on the day. I, I feel more mentally tired at the end of mm -hmm. the day. And so mm -hmm. that's that debt you're talking about. That's the productivity debt. Okay. Which is why I sleep longer, I think, on those. Because I kind of, I try to do like a just slow to rise whenever I wake. And some of, those, some of those days I sleep in and and that would be why most likely, right? Because I'm recovering yep. from that debt. Okay. Interesting. Now, I haven't heard that perspective, but I like it. And it makes sense because of that, because of how our brains work and everything of that nature. So... Um, and it's been interesting too. So we have a, and this is March 1st, we're recording this on, but our son, he's a four and a half months old. So that's completely changed now how I time block and mm -hmm. how I, you know, have those, those work times. So usually I would start my day before he was born of, you know, personal development type stuff, you know, 
uh, self-care type things to get it out of the way so it didn't, you know, get lost in the day, working out, things of that nature. But now in the morning, he sleeps, we wake up, and he takes a big nap right now in the morning. And so that's my work time. So that's like the time I can get a lot and be my most productive because he's not needing me to hold him or feed him or whatever it is. And so like fluctuation, is that still doable to be able to fluctuate? Just trying to change things. Is that harder to change your routine? Like, so when he gets older, it's going to change again. Uh It, you know, I just, it took me a little bit to get in that new routine, but, uh, is that still, I guess what I'm, saying is is it okay to change up your team because of circumstances sometimes oh yeah absolutely 100 percent. so um i used to do all of my creative work in the afternoons and i built my entire schedule around keeping my afternoons mostly open so i could really get into creative flow and just let myself power through some awesome creative work yeah for whatever reason um it turns out that i now like to do my creative work in the morning my schedule is set up all wrong. <laughs> yeah. So now I have to start adjusting my schedule to free up morning brain time to get to my highest value tasks. Yeah. My highest value output, which is that creative work. Yeah. Always for everybody, by the way, anyone who's listening, your highest value output is creative work. Always protect the time when you're good at creative work, protect it mm-hmm. from anything at all costs. Yeah. And when you Um, mean creative work, do you actually mean creating content? What do you mean by creative work for those who might wonder? Yeah, it it depends on what you're doing. Um, I do business strategy work for Pokemon. When I'm doing business strategy work, that is actually creative work for me. Okay. Um, You know, creating content, absolutely creative work. Um, Gotcha. You know, uh, dreaming and and thinking about the future and scheming. and, And by the way, for everyone who's listening, if you're not a part of a conspiracy, you should be. (laughs) Conspiracies are not actually a bad thing. It's a whole bunch of people planning on something in the future. If you're not a part of one, you should be. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) So conspiring, like calling up people and like talking about how we're going to like do these cool things, like whatever these cool things are for you. um, That's creative work. And and I, I now tend to want to do that in the morning. And so mm-hmm. I have to, and I'm in the process of it right now. I have to adjust all of my scheduling to free up my mornings so that I can be here with you and be 100% present with you right now in my creative flow. That's awesome. Yeah, it, and I think that's just part of life. You know, things come and change and you have to be adaptable and flexible to be able to do that and yeah like i just like you said or you're doing it right now i just had finished rescheduling everything opening up you know my calls are now earlier because he's sleeping and i don't have to worry about him crying and or hope he doesn't and yeah i think uh that's a that's a great thing to to remember is you you can have that flexibility to do that so what do you say to people who are maybe trying to just get into increasing their productivity or, or increase the ability to execute. What are some other ways besides the time blocking and um, like the Pomodoro method, the, all that, that they can start improving that aspect? Mm. Um, actually, there's a thing that comes first. Okay. Because all of that stuff, those are just tools, time blocking, mm-hmm. the Pomodoro method, scheduling, understanding your day in two hour chunks, understanding mm-hmm. how your brain interacts with focus and your capacity to make plans and execute, right? All of those are just tools, right? They're tools for what? Mm. 
And that's the question that everybody who's listening needs to answer. You, you have to have a purpose yeah. that you're working towards. And that purpose is the gas that your car, that your focus productivity car burns in order to fly forward. Mm. You have to have a purpose. So um, it, that's the thing that comes before. If you want to be productive, have a purpose have yeah. a goal, have a shining North star so that every single time something that pops into your mind, again, it goes back to being intentional and mindful, everything that pops into your mind or pops into your inbox, you can weigh that against your purpose. Mm. Does that get me closer to my North star or further from my North star? Yeah, that's a great point because I've recently, so, you know, I have pencil leadership and this is kind of just my personal podcast and I have ideas for it in the future, but elevate media is our production company for podcasts and, you know, getting and, and growing that business. It got to the point this year. I was like, I'm doing all these things. <laughs> what actually is purposeful? What is actually moving the needle forward in the business and what I want to get to? Okay. So I needed, I need to make sure I'm doing X, Y, and Z, those three things. Cause that's, those really all that matters. Everything else is just kind of the fluff things that are just wasting my time or my energy expenditure right now. So can I outsource that to somebody or does it just need to be, you know, pushed aside? And so I think that's, that's huge is understanding what you're headed towards, what's your goal. Like if you're climbing a mountain, you know, where the peak is, and, you know, you know, it's going to take you X amount of hours probably to get there. energy. You have this much food. You're, so you're not going to go take a take a detour off to go look at that, whatever it is, if you're trying to get to the peak. And I think that's just a great, great thing that you mentioned there is understanding where you're going and what you're wanting to do. Yep. Um, I hesitate to use the word purpose. I have to. It's the right word. But there's a reason. <laughs> why I hesitate to use that. A mm -hmm. lot of people are, are afraid of the word purpose and for good reason, because people talk about having this like lofty, you know, super huge purpose, build Tesla company or something <laughs> like that. Uh -huh. It's okay for your purpose to be a month out. Yeah. It's okay for you not to know what you want to be when you grow up. I didn't when I was in my twenties, honest. Yeah. I, I probably didn't start figuring out what I wanted to be when I grew up until I was in my mid thirties. It's okay. Yeah. Um, but I always had something I was working towards and maybe it was a month out. Maybe it was two months out. Maybe it was a year out, but not much further than that. Cause I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And you don't, I mean, you don't know what's coming The change. You, yep. So your direction could change, but yeah, I think that's, a, and I think it's a, a big thing with our culture now right. is, you know, in high school, they're supposed to know what their next steps are for their future. So then they can like it all, all that pressure right then. I know for me, you know, and, and I'm thankful for my journey and everything and, and what I went to school for and all that um, because of experiences. But like, I don't really know what I wanted to do back then. I just kind of said, you know, I like sports. I got hurt a lot. So maybe I'll be an athletic trainer. Okay, cool. Let's go do it. I help people. Great. Uh, but there's so much more out there. And I think, yeah, like just experience life and kind of just see what falls and what kind of is shown to you that way. I think it's huge. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yes. So what yeah. if, what if people are, you know, they're kind of dabbling in that they have an idea 
of what they're trying to build. They're trying to start creating something for their purpose, for the future, but they're hesitant to take action or they're maybe not as productive. Are there things that you see quite often that hold people back from executing? And if so, how can we get around those? Yeah. Um, the, the biggest blocker that I see these days is let's call it perfection syndrome. Like people who are just unable to stop working at something until it hits perfect. Um, or they're unable to start until they know they can make it perfect. And, mm -hmm. and I, yes, it, it, it will absolutely sabotage you. It will completely destroy you. If you let it, please do not let it. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think that perfectionism or that trying to be perfect, especially, um, either the fear of not being perfect or, you know, waiting until it's perfect all hinder us. And when I start my podcast, like I look back to the first episodes and they're terrible. <laughs> like, yeah, I didn't have the setup. I didn't have the equipment. I just wanted to start and I knew that it would improve. And I think that's one thing that is a strength of mine is just doing it, you know, Nike, just do it. Like just throwing it out there, taking that chance and then improving along the way, just doing the best you can, but knowing that it will improve. I think that's one of my strengths. I mean, I have many weaknesses, don't get me wrong, but um, thankfully I think that that has helped me on my journey is to be able to do that and kind of just shrug off the mistakes and, and learn from that. Um, so how may can I, yeah, go ahead. May, yeah. may I offer a reframe? Sure. My, my guess is that you do more than just shrug off the mistakes. My guess is that you actually embrace them. Mm. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Cause that's the only way I can learn <laughs> what the, you know, Thomas says, and I didn't learn how to, or what was it? You know, I didn't fail a thousand times. I just learned a thousand ways not to do it or something yep. like that. Yeah. So, and I think that's what people need to, to realize if you're not risking, if you're not trying, if you're not putting yourself out there, I mean, you're not going to grow and you know, not gonna the, grow. the, the results that come, the positivity outweighs you know the the temporary pain of fear or, you know getting made fun of or whatever it is that we think is so crucial um i uh, i was a ski racer when i was growing up okay um awesome awesome thing to do it's fantastic uh and back then bodie miller was sort of mm. rating supreme king skier yeah one of the things that i really love about him is that he either fell or won <laughs> He either fell or won. That was it. There were there was no other path down the mountain for him. He either didn't yeah. make it or he won the race. <laughs> and and it's such a great learning experience as a young man watching somebody like that who who he he lives if he didn't fall, he wasn't trying hard enough. He lives mm -hmm. it. He lives it on the world stage in mm -hmm. FIS, in the Olympics. He shows up every day and he means it. He either falls or he wins and that's it. Yeah. That's, and that's, that's amazing. That's true too. Cause I mean, you've got to be going, you know, full steam ahead. And with that, you're going to trip up. You're going to get, the, you know, you're going to scrape those knees. You're going to get dirty, you're gonna, you know? And uh, yeah, that way, I mean, cause once you comes into your life, like, did you give everything you had or did you kind of keep a lot in the tank and miss out on what could have been? I think that's a huge thing. And I don't, I don't want that. I want to, you know, do everything I can and whatever happens, happens and the best will, will come out hopefully. So. Yeah. 
Um, hundred percent. So I try to live by that. Yeah. Um, I either fall or I win. For and sure. I'm nowhere near as talented as he was. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty proud of the life that I have, but I'm nowhere near as talented as he is. Yeah. Um, and I fall a lot and you know what? I embrace it. I love yeah. it because mm -hmm. every single time I fall, it's an opportunity for me to improve. It's, it's somewhere that I went over the line, but I know I was pushing it to like to the line and I just went over and that's, that's a learning opportunity. How did I go mm -hmm. over? Why did I go over? How can I improve whatever it is that I was doing so that the next time I hit that line, yeah. I stayed just this side of falling. Yeah. Yeah. And I think those are the, I mean, those are the best moments to really guide us forward too. Cause I think, I mean, whenever I've made a mistake or gotten a result that I, where I didn't get the result I was hoping for, it stings a little bit. I remember those and I remember yeah. like, Oh, that's not the way I should do it. I need to do that. And, and so it's actually a real positive thing in the moment. It sucks, but you know, <laughs> taking it forward, it, it's a, it's a great kind of milestone or marker of, of what we need to do. Yes. I love it. That's exactly <laughs> it. And, and honestly, would we pay attention if it didn't sting? Right. Exactly. Yeah. We wouldn't, the sting is actually serving us. Yep. And that's why it's so scary of people being so complacent, right? Like they just get in their kind of in their bubble and, and are comfortable. And I think one, we're missing out on so much greatness from people because of that. And then people are, you know, missing out on what could be in their lives because of staying where they're at. Yeah. And look, I get comfortable. Mm -hmm. I get it. I've earned comfort. Like, <laughs> I, I, I live a pretty good life. I've earned it. Here's the thing. Um, yeah. I, I really like my comfort while I'm paying my productivity debt at the end of the day. Yes. There's I a time. I really for like it. my comfort then. I don't mm. like my comfort while I'm working. Yeah. While I'm kicking ass, while I'm slaying dragons. Yeah. That's not the time <laughs> for me to be comfortable. That's the time for me to be uncomfortable. Yeah. That's huge. And it, that's a great realization and, and message. Like, work and be uncomfortable to get to that point where you can enjoy the comfort. And I, I've had to learn, but I've had to learn that uh, is a big thing is enjoying the comfort. Like I had so much ingrained in me, like giving it, giving it everything and then some constantly mm -hmm. and not letting myself recover from that debt and having those moments of cover. And I was, I mean, it was mentally wearing me down and it was like breakdowns and, and things like that. And, um, oh, yeah. so I, I had Break to learn downs, that part. Mm -hmm. you'll, you'll get heart attacks. You'll lose your hair. Whichever <laughs> of those actually scares you more. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's, uh, it's so that was a huge wake up. Yeah. hundred percent. Our, our and, body is not a good, um, loan shark. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yep. You got to cash it in sometime. Steps. Yeah. So no, this has been good. I've, this has been a great conversation so far and and i wish we could i mean we could go on hours and hours and hours on this but um for the lack of time i i kind of just want to wrap things up because i mean we've talked about how to be productive how to execute better just how to personally see those obstacles and overcome them and and keep moving forward and so it's those have been great uh and i'm, I'm excited for this question that i asked my guests to hear your answer to it lucas is the fifth trade of pencil leadership is that everyone's created uniquely and with a purpose to leave a positive mark in the world. And so when everything is said and done for you here on earth, what do you hope your positive mark is? I uh, honestly, and this, this sounds a little bit weird coming from me, <laughs> but, it, 
but it is God's honest truth. I want to heal the relationship between humans and the earth. Mm. That That's is awesome. the purpose that I work towards. Um, and, and it's hard for people to understand that when I say that, but listen, yeah. all the people that are out there saying, save the earth, they're giving you the wrong message. The earth's going to be just mm. fine. <laughs> in, in 50 years, a hundred years, the earth's going to be fine a thousand years, but our relationship with the earth may not be, and, mm. and we may not be welcome. And, yeah. and that's a real possibility. We may not be welcome here. The earth's going to be fine. We may not be welcome. And that's really not the, that's not the future I want. Right. That's that. I mean, I've never had anyone answer like that. And I, that's a really interesting and unique perspective because, you know, I've read books like the world without us and things like that. And it's, yeah, we need to have that relationship improved. Um, because yeah, if we're gone, like, there's to be fine. It'll, it'll going to bounce back no matter what. I mean, even if it's from nuclear or whatever it is, it'll bounce back in years. Back. Yep. Yeah. But if we're here or not, that's, that's on us to have that relationship to keep it here. So no, I love that. I love that mission. And thank you for sharing that and, and everything else you've shared today on this episode. Um, if people want to get in contact with you, find out more about what you do, uh, where can they do that? What's the best place for them to go to? Yeah. Uh, best place to find me is on my website, lucasroot.com. It's got links to all my socials. Uh, you can download my free book, which talks about how to kick off a business and, cool. you know, start failing forward as fast as possible, but, but maybe avoid some of these really big problems. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, guys, definitely, uh, take advantage of that. Uh, get connected with Lucas. Um, just a lot of good, valuable information he's putting out there and what he's doing. So, uh, again, Lucas is speaker mentor and Jenna master for process execution. And we are so thankful for you, Lucas, being on Pencil Leadership today. It's been great. Thank you so much, Chris. And thanks so much for tuning into this episode today. If you found value at all from this episode, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It just helps us get this show, these messages out in front of more people. And don't forget to share this with someone who you think could benefit from listening to as well. Now let's go out and be pencil leaders.